You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. Our question today is, why is evangelism difficult? So we know from scripture that as followers of Jesus, we should share our faith. But if we're honest, we probably don't do that nearly as often as we would like to. Why is that? What makes it hard? And how can we think about some of the common obstacles that stand in the way of us sharing our faith with others? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacey Donardo, who are other members of our leadership team. Our question today is, why is evangelism so difficult? So scripturally, we know as Christians we're commanded to share Jesus with others, but I would guess if we're honest with ourselves, we don't do that nearly as often as we uh, feel like we should. So why is it so challenging for us? How can we approach non-Christians in a way that is both helpful for them, but also helps them to clearly understand who Jesus is? Let's let's talk about evangelism. I think a good starting point, um, I think when I teach the Sharing Jesus class at church, I do identify some reasons why I think people don't share their faith, and you know I can share those in a minute. But I think the starting point is to say that Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, Jesus says, show me what you talk about, and I will show you what's in your heart. I think the first step towards becoming a truly evangelistic person is to repent of the fact that we don't talk about Jesus because our hearts are not overflowing with Jesus. Uh, And that doesn't mean we don't love Jesus, and it doesn't mean... um, you know, we we don't want people to come to faith in Jesus. It's not what I mean. I don't think that's what Jesus means. I think we're so easily distracted. We're so easily fixated on other things that it's just an easy thing to push to the back burner. But I think we have to own the fact that uh, if we're not talking about Jesus, according to Jesus, our hearts are not overflowing with him. Yeah, and I think part of the problem with that is that when we hear stories of people who do share their faith a lot, it seems like they are sharing their faith with people they don't have a relationship with, and they do it in awkward ways that we're not comfortable with. I mean, I grew up in church like you did, and heard people talking about, you know, they were uh, soul winners, you know, whatever. Go door to door. Well, yeah, or they would, you know, they would be at a wet restaurant and somebody put the coffee down, they'd say, hey, this coffee's hot, you know what else is hot? Hell, let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> Got them. Yeah, and they, I mean, and you want to go, uh, I'm not like that. There are other things that I talk about other than Jesus. How do I shoehorn him into every conversation? And since I can't do that, then I don't recognize any of the natural opportunities to actually uh, share what Jesus is doing in my life, which is what I think is so good about sharing Jesus, or one of the things that you talk about with that. So Yeah, that... I think there are some really practical reasons we find it hard to talk about Jesus. Um, I just think we got to do some work on the heart level too. Absolutely. Not just assume, not just assume mm-hmm. oh, my heart is, is good. It's just a mechanical problem. I think there can be mechanical problems, for sure. Um, so I think that I cite three reasons in sharing Jesus why people tend to not share their faith. And I have found overwhelmingly that people identify with this in the class. So I'll throw them all out there, and then maybe we can we can talk about each one. So the first reason uh, is what I call an informational problem. People feel like they don't know enough. 
Uh, there's a fear that I just don't know enough about the Bible, I don't know enough about Jesus. And especially this this takes the shape of, what if they ask me a question? Yeah, if they yeah. ask me a question right? that I can't I answer. Yeah, and, and since and, I don't know everything... Yeah, and the thinking is, I right. could do damage, right? right if right. they ask me a question and I don't answer it well, I could actually do damage, I don't want to do that. I think the second reason is what I call the relational reason, and that is I don't want to offend someone, yeah. right? So the idea is the reason why I would share Jesus with someone is because I care about them. But for the same reason, I care about them, I don't want to offend them, and I don't know how to talk about heaven, hell, judgment, sin without being offensive, so we're stuck there. I think the third reason is what I call, and Joe, you had on this a little bit, a conversational reason, which is how do I get to Jesus from everyday conversation? How do I go from talking about the Browns to Jesus, the weather to Jesus, my kids to Jesus? And so sometimes I think our heart is right, we're looking for an opportunity, but it just never seems to present itself. So I think those reasons, the informational, relational, and and conversational are, are the three that I most butt up against in my own life and in the life lives of others. So, so I don't know if we want to unpack some of those. I was going to say, if, if you guys don't mind sharing uh, for you individually, which one of those is the most challenging when you're in conversations with non-Christians? Which would be your potential defeater? I think the third one. Yeah. yeah Figuring out so how too. to segue, because I was taught in Evangelism Explosion, which was that you just, yeah, you take it from, from a cold call. You explode the relationship. Yeah. It is it is a yeah. tough deal, and and every I've, I mean every way I was taught to share my faith seemed artificial. Right. Um, right. Like I love that when I've been thinking about it a lot since we took sharing Jesus as a staff, uh, the whole idea. And I was at a community group the other night, and I was they were asking about how to share their faith, and I used this where I said, you know, I I told them about sharing Jesus, and then said if I came in here tonight and said, uh, I have a better refrigerator than your refrigerator. How would you feel? And the hostess was going, oh, man, that'd be offensive. I said, that's the way most of it feels like to me. I think your idea, you know, what, what you talk about, about trying to ask enough questions to find out whether someone is happy with their refrigerator until the point where they say, you know what? I'm not happy with my refrigerator. Are you happy with your refrigerator? Then it's it's very organic, and they will be grateful for the information I give them about a new refrigerator. We are giving people a whole new way of thinking about life and the world when we talk about Jesus. We have to ask enough questions to find out mm-hmm. if they're even in the market. For yeah, the whole if new they're world happy with the, if if their life is working exactly the way they want it to, if their world is working the way, and it, and if it is, what I told this group is, I would just wait. Then yeah. it, it won't last. Wait, wait until. It seems like uh, things are not working out for them. Then they'll be in the market for, uh, for the possibility of Jesus. Yeah, I think the other thing I would say on the conversational defeater is to say um, part of the reason it's inorganic to bring up Jesus is because, just to be frank, not a lot of our lives are attached to Jesus, right? So I think in so much as the way I parent has little to do with Jesus— then I can be in a conversation about parenting, and it isn't natural for me to turn it to Jesus because there's just no connection there, versus my parenting is informed by Jesus. So if I'm at the park and one mom says to the other mom, uh, hey, how do you handle your toddler when they get out of bed or whatever? And my answer to that is in in, in any way, even a small way, uh, informed by By, my understanding of the gospel— then we're going to end up talking about that. And it's not going to be weird because you asked me, how do I do this? This is how 
I, I, I do that. I think a lot of us live lives of like, like what I would call a sacred and secular divide, where we have, we go to church and we worship, and then we just live like normal people. Well, people don't ask us what we're worshiping, they ask us about our life, and if our life isn't connected to what we're worshiping, it's really hard to which bring up. just goes back to the heart issue that you kind of started off with, which is at the core of us ourselves, just making sure everything we are doing is informed by who Jesus is and growing ourselves in that way. Um, but it's also in, in how we try to integrate in, in just in our thinking, because I think, you know, Jesus uh, is intimately involved in my life and in my understanding of politics, let's say, yeah. since we just did a podcast on politics. Um, and I think, uh, but, but I don't think about that when somebody asks me about politics, I should say to them immediately, oh, well, hey, my view of politics is probably different than you're used to because this is what I think about mm -hmm. God and this yeah. is what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't get so hung up. That's why I don't post stuff on social media. That's why I don't feel like the world's coming to an end because my candidate isn't ahead in the polls or whatever. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I don't want this podcast to devolve into an infomercial for sharing Jesus, but, but one of the things that like session four of sharing Jesus, I, I show how to go from a conversation about the Houston Astros and their cheating to Jesus, how to go from a conversation about COVID to Jesus, equality to Jesus. I think the other piece to the conversational deterrent is to say that if you know how to listen, and that's what you're saying, Joe, every conversation is a spiritual exactly. conversation. Yep. Right. You just got to know what you're listening for, and and that that can be learned. You you can develop uh, that that skill. Yeah. Since well, you didn't share which uh, one you struggle with, I, did, I think it would be the same one, the conversational. Okay. But again, I know we don't want to make it an infomercial for sharing Jesus, but it has helped me a lot. Like in uh, just with different people that I have been trying to share Jesus with, to be able to take tools from that class and. Again, not to use it to try and coerce something, but just to begin to have more natural and organic conversations and realizing that every person is a spiritual being, every conversation is a spiritual conversation, and that there's opportunities to see um, when someone is at a place of discontentment or disillusionment or whatever it might be, that that is where the hope of Jesus can enter into that space. So. <laughs> And it really is a great course. I mean, it, it, it is, is because yeah. uh, the world has changed so much. You know, back and I've, I had, I remember having a conversation with a youth pastor a few years ago, and he was uh, kind of making fun of the sport, four spiritual laws, which was a track that people mm -hmm. used yeah. back in the eighties, mm -hmm. seventies, yep. and eighties. That was very, very effective in helping people understand uh, Jesus and their life in Jesus. And when he made fun of it, I said, "Well, uh, listen, that was for." my generation, you got to figure out how to reach your generation. So don't make fun of something that worked before just because it doesn't work now. you got to figure out how to do it. And I think that's what sharing Jesus does, is it gives us a way to, to maybe begin to talk about Jesus to a post-Christian world that's very much different than when I first got into ministry. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is because it puts an emphasis on story, not on facts and laws, yeah. which was the, the approach 20, 30 years ago, because there was such a preoccupation with science and scientific laws. The thinking was, if we can show that spirituality is like that. But nowadays, people are much less interested in truth and absolutes and much more interested in story. Yeah. And what Sharing Jesus does is it teaches you how to get into someone else's story. 
to let them share their story, to pull out with them, alongside of them, the the difficulties in their story and the way, the things they're they're struggling with. And of course, it's natural in our culture that if I listen to your story, yeah. you're inclined to ask me about mine. And I think that's how you navigate the offensive, that it's not offensive. It's not always that the things that you're saying that give offense. It's often the the packaging, yeah. right? That, yeah, that, yeah, that I you remember don't... launching into a monologue and looking at somebody's eyes glaze over yeah, and knowing, <laughs> but I got to get through well, my... Well, and I refer my... to this as like the telemarketing approach, right? right? Where it's like, right. it really doesn't matter what you say or who you are or what you've experienced. I'm going to engage you the same way I would engage anyone. What offends me when a telemarketer calls me is not that they're selling me a product. I buy products. What offends me is that they were not invited, Yeah. right? They right. are forced their way in. I think what we need to do is find a way to engage people that invites conversation about these things, and and then uh, there'll be far less uh, negativity. Yeah. Uh, on the informational deterrent, though, here's what I would say: is you, you know, this well, is, before we go there, yeah. I had some. Uh, so for mine would be number three as well, uh, the conversational deterrent. My one of the things I've been thinking through is uh, that maybe we could spend some time talking about is how you go from sharing and when do you press for a decision and what does that look like? Because I feel like that's probably another, that's probably a part of the conversational deterrent in terms of saying, okay, I've just sat with you and we've had a conversation about Jesus. How do I figure out what to do next? How do I figure out, should I press you for a decision? Should I not press you for a decision? What does that decision look like? I think that's also potentially a deterrent in terms of like, Sales is not a good analogy, but maybe how do you how do you how to close it? Or- no, it's not. It's not. A, it's a good analogy. I think a lot of times you f- you feel like you have to close it, right? right. Or you're and not going to get your commission. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Right. I think even just the term you use, if you have to press someone to make the decision, probably would speak to it not being the time for them to make that decision. I think opening doors and creating space for a continued conversation. Um, but there has, I think, been a focus, and Zach, you can probably speak to this more on sometimes us focusing too much on getting um, to the getting decision to the point. decision rather than space for conversation and. Yeah, all the data when you study, and again, understand God transcends data, and and God can do whatever He wants, and to that degree, there's no point in talking about it, right? Because God is the ultimate trump card, and if we just acknowledge that, we'd say, but all the data seems to suggest that the average person hears the gospel about seven times before Mm -hmm. they respond to it, which means you got to stop seeing each conversation as the conversation and just a conversation, right? Uh, a, a conversation that God's going to use. And I always compare it to football. I, I'm a football guy. And to say that we're not trying to score a touchdown every conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Just move the ball down the field, get a first down, get five yards. It's fine. Uh, understand that the Holy Spirit's going to take what you talked about and continue to work on that person. I do want to talk about the informational deterrent, though, yeah. and just, I don't know enough. What if they ask me a question? I, I think um, two things to that. One is, I think you underestimate what you do know. Yeah. So by virtue of being a Christian you know what you need to know for a person to become a Christian, or you wouldn't be a Christian, right? But then second, I think we overestimate what people around us are asking, Yeah. right? Increasingly, people around us have next to no understanding of actual Christianity. They don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about the Bible. They are not, like the average non-Christian is not sitting on a doozy of a question. They just can't wait to pop onto a Christian who brings up the gospel. 
right? They're going to ask a lot of basic questions that you know. And you know what the other thing is? It's okay to say, that's a really good question. I don't know. Give me some time. Let me look into that. You've made some interesting points. That, That shows humility. They don't expect you to be a source of exhaustive knowledge on your faith, right? They expect for you to be warm and friendly and inviting to their questions. That's it. All right, we, uh, I know we talked about three possible barriers to sharing their faith. Another one that I've heard people say, and this is becoming more and more prevalent in our culture, is, uh, Zach, you use the, the word story, that everybody has a story. And uh, there are, there's this uh, kind of uh, basic foundational belief that uh, everyone has a story, but there's no story that's good for everyone. So some people, I think, might feel reticent to share their faith with somebody thinking, listen, Jesus is good for me, and I believe in Jesus, but I don't know if uh, I am ready to tell someone else that Jesus is the right thing for them as well, because they have their own story and that kind of thing. I know that that I, I come up with every once in a while with people. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I guess I would have two big responses to that. I mean, the, the first one would be to say, uh, I want you to think about what you're saying, because I wonder what you mean when you say, Jesus is good for me, because the the only way Jesus is good for you is if he truly is God in the flesh, mm-hmm. right. if he truly lived sinlessly in your place, if he truly died sacrificially and rose from the dead, and therefore is the only way you could be reconciled to God. If he is those things, then he is good for you, but if he is those things, he is good for everyone. Right. Right? So it's almost like I would say, let me flip that. You're saying he's good for me, but I don't know if he's good for everybody. I would say, actually, it's the the, the reverse. If he's not good for everybody, he's not good for, you. He's not good for you. you. You can't localize him in that way. If you reduce him down to just good for you, he's not actually good for you. But here's the other thing I would say, and that is that I think you're right, Joe. People have the idea that my story is my story. It works for me. It doesn't have to work for you. I think people would say that. I don't think people feel that way. No, I think you're right. Right? So if you challenge your neighbor's view on sexuality or on politics or they like listen listen to the anger and fervor of our culture. Listen to the whole idea of cancel culture, which is right. if you, you say something out of, out of line, line that we don't agree with, done. like the idea that we each have our own stories and live and let live, that sounds nice maybe to some people. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure how, if there's anyone left who actually believes. I feel like we only right. talk about that in the realm of religion. That's right. 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 Yeah. Right. It's like only, only Christians need to just let everyone else live their story. But if I try to live out the Christian story, somebody's go, well, you can't, you can't believe that. You can't think that. You can't. So I think it's better to just go. Look, you, you know, we're all holding on to stories. All the stories can't be true, right? Because they they're contradicting. So let's. I'll listen to yours. You listen to mine, and you know, we're yeah. we're all going to sort it out for ourselves. I, I think there is a marketplace of ideas. Christians overstep when we try to push every other idea out and just have our idea. Right. That yeah, that's overstepping because people have to choose to believe something. You can't right. force it. But but there's also a way of like removing Christianity from the marketplace of ideas, which is not actually humility. It's it's deference. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's saying I can't be evangelistic, but the secular culture can be. Everyone is actually evangelistic. If you don't believe me, yeah, look in so your neighbor's true. yard for yard signs. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is evangelistic. Christians are are not the only ones to do that. But we must be willing to listen and speak. 
Correct. And have a seat at a table of which there are many voices. And one of the things that uh, we want to kind of close and encourage you, uh, if you want to grow in your faith, one of the best things you can ever do is to share your faith. Yeah. Uh, because there's something that happens inside of you with the confidence that you have uh, in Jesus. And then there is nothing quite like uh, watching someone's eyes finally connect to the living hope and having them their lives transformed and you being used by God to be part of that. So uh, I hope you will share Jesus, whether you take the class sharing Jesus or not, you share Jesus. Zach wants you to take the class. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.